Welcome to the Bounty Zero X podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Adam, founder and CEO of Bounty Zero X. Bounty Zero X is a decentralized bounty hunting network powered by the BNTY token. Today is June 18th, 2018, and my guest on the show today is Joseph Janik and David Yu from Ecomi. David is the CEO and is an Auckland-based company director and founder of Games Are Us Limited, which he launched at the age of 17. Hugh's achievements include 21 years in the retail industry, working with intellectual property and transforming licenses into brands. Hugh's business has extended to an impressive 17 other businesses, which he still holds the role of director. And we're also joined by Joseph Janik, CIO of, of Ecomi. And Joseph is also an Australian e-commerce and marketing expert who began his entrepreneurial journey at a young age, starting his first business at 18 years old. Joseph owns multiple successful businesses and has been involved in blockchain since 2016. His passion for distribution of data and consensus has led him to the hardware and digital collectible space. Ecomi aims to utilize blockchain technology in three primary areas, protection of private keys, real world cryptocurrency payments, and the exciting new world of crypto collectibles. So David and Joseph, welcome to the podcast. We're glad to have you today. Morning, thanks for having us. So Joseph, what is what? tell me the four products that make up the Ecomi ecosystem. Okay, great. So we've got four products. The first one is the Secure Wallet. So the Secure Wallet is a cryptocurrency and private key hardware device that allows you to protect your digital assets via a credit card size device. It uses the pairing process with the Ecomi mobile app and digital assets can be stored, managed uh, without the risk of it being any of your assets being online and at risk of hackers. Then the second product uh, would be a modified version of the secure wallet. So the Ecomi one offers all the benefits of the secure wallet with the same ability to store, manage, spend uh, your cryptocurrency and fiat, but also incorporates a debit card function, which allows you to spend your cryptocurrency online at anywhere that accepts a debit card. That product in itself is due out early 2019, and we're just working on a few other things to make sure that it all lines up uh, with each individual jurisdiction. The third product and the biggest player within the Ecomi ecosystem is the Ecomi Collect. So the Ecomi Collect allows you to store and manage a new generation of licensed digital assets in the form of non-fungible tokens. So essentially, digital assets are now able to have a verified owner with the use of blockchain. So Ecomi Collect allows those digital collectibles to exist securely online and also paired with a secure wallet allows you to store those digital assets offline and ensure recorded ownership and maximum protection. And then the fourth product, which ties into the secure wallet also, is the Ecomi Vault. So the Ecomi Vault is a decentralized storage platform that uses the secure wallet to safely store vital personal data, such as um, usernames, passwords, identity information, and credit card details. 
and all oh, this is stored on distributed methods and stored via distributed methods and can be used to securely store and safely share any valuable documents such as intellectual property and designs and sensitive information too. So those four products uh, all tie back into the, the main product being the secure wallet and the protection of private keys and the important data. So let's put this in the context of the ecosystem as a whole, in the cryptocurrency ecosystem as a whole. For listeners out there who don't know what crypto collectibles are, and let's just imagine for a second that the listener doesn't know anything about cryptocurrency or wallets. This concept can be, to them, somewhat uh, strange and incomprehensible. So let's break down and define exactly what we mean when we say crypto collectibles and wallets. What exactly is a wallet and what is a crypto collectible? Cool. Okay. So um, to start with, I think we'll cover the wallet side of things. So there's uh, mainly two types of wallets. So you've got your hot wallet, which is your typical desktop or mobile app, which allows you to store your cryptocurrency uh, through your private keys. And then you've also got hardware wallets or cold storage devices, which store your private keys offline, which means the private key never has access to the internet which adds a further layer of protection to those private keys. So when referencing to a wallet, we're talking about the storage spot for your cryptocurrency. So whether it be a hot wallet, which is online and still somewhat safe, but nowhere near as safe as a hardware wallet, which keeps your private keys offline. So from there, to get into the collectible side of things, I think the best thing to do first is ask why. So why are crypto collectibles going to blockchain? So right now, with the current standing non-fungible tokens and collectibles that are available out there, for example, CryptoKitties, they use artwork, which has a unique way. We use artwork and a unique breeding distribution within the smart contract to create these CryptoKitties. So the assets themselves are stored on the IPFS, which is the images of the cats, and then the smart contract controls the breeding, controls the distribution, and also controls the issuance. So the amount of crypto kitties that can be issued. So what we're doing with Ecomi Collect is taking a similar sort of model, which is taking digital content and applying blockchain and distributed ledgers to have proof of ownership, to have a record of transfer, to facilitate transactions, so peer-to-peer transfer, um, So that's where the smart contract supports the collectible. But we add an additional layer through Comey Collect by bringing licenses, so licensed brands to the collectible space. So using that same blockchain technology and distributed ledgers, we take a licensed brand, for example, Hello uh, Tokidoki, which is one of the brands that we've just announced through our last couple of weeks. Um, so what we're doing with Tokidoki is Simone, who is one of the co-founders of Tokidoki, has produced thousands and thousands of beautiful assets and images and these beautiful, cute little creatures that you can collect. And right now, the majority of those collectibles are all physical. And with where augmented reality and digital collectibles are going and the amount of time people are spending with their phones and with their computers and whatnot, people are starting to look at other ways of collecting. And 
with Tokidoki in mind and what we're doing with Akomi Collect, we're able to bring together the licensing, licensed content and also the digital collectibles and then bring them in a platform, which is Akomi Collect, which allows people to purchase and store and view and collect digital collectibles. So you guys have formed a partnership with Tokidoki, but there will be in the future other companies that you form licensing partnership with licensing partnerships with but tokidoki is the first of potentially many others yeah, who, would yeah. the, who would use the platform yep i can i think dave can give us a little bit more information as to what we have planned with the licenses and who else is coming on board before the crowd sale yeah so basically we are working with uh, over 15 licensors right now the idea is to bring premium collectibles and license uh, holders into this field. It is a very new industry. It's quite groundbreaking with the blockchain. Over the period, the next 90 days during our crowd sale, we will start to announce a few of the major licensors. We will be covering five key areas with our licensors. We will look into the movie, film. Basically, that will be anything that's on Netflix, HBO type of program, down to our second category, which is animations, a lot of the anime from Japan, so on. And we will have our evergreen characters, which is more of your day-to-day characters that you see and you interactive with. We will also look into the music industry. So we're working with artists and that's all digital artworks coming out. And then we will have gaming sector, which is your uh, online game or your computer game um, characters coming on board. So these are the five different ones that we are working on. Each of them will serve quite different purpose, but all coming towards that collectible at the end goal. Artists, for example, will wish to digitalize their artwork in a limited number of release down to animators who will wish to have 3D animated figures as a collectible into the NFT space. But over the next 90 day period during our crowd sale, uh, we'll definitely be announcing more upcoming one that we have signed up with. And your crowd sale is currently set for June 30th, which is in 12 days. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, the, the crowd sale kicks off at the end of the month. It will run until the 30th September. Within the crowd sale, we're doing something quite different. So one of our products being the hardware wallet, we want to ideally have as many users with that hardware wallet as possible. So for $500 contribution, the user will receive a free secure wallet. Uh, So it's one of the ways we're differentiating our crowd sale from other crowd sales is by offering a physical product in exchange for contribution and participating in the Ecomi ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, we have so much to cover. There are so many different components of the ecosystem. And I want to get into all that, but I also want to really set the stage for what is so fascinating and interesting about digital collectibles. And there has been in the recent months, pretty significant growth in popularity of CryptoKitties. So for users who aren't familiar with CryptoKitties, can you give us a brief description on what was so compelling and why that grew so quickly in such a way? Cool. Yep, I can cover that. So, I mean, in a way, CryptoKitties set the stone and set the pace for the digital collectible space. They 
did a great job in taking advantage of the current cryptocurrency and crypto community and getting people with some spare Ethereum to purchase the collectibles. The biggest, I, I feel the biggest reason, or one of the biggest reasons CryptoKitties became quite popular is because people were actually able to move in and out of the asset quite quickly. So, you know, they would uh, maybe breed a few kittens and then within a week or two be happy with the outcome and be able to liquidate their crypto kitty and make some money off it. Whereas in the normal physical collectible space, you'd have to move to a platform like eBay, handle shipping, uh, you know, there's potential for returns and there's a lot more involved in the physical collectible side of things compared to the digital collectible space. The next thing that sort of, I think, supported CryptoKitties a lot was the fact that they were the first to the market. They were the, one of the most popular and did a great job marketing and have set the zone for us, especially when it comes to the digital collectible space. I think the the fact that there was a, an ease of access and quite a nice user experience when purchasing and trading and breeding too. CryptoKitties, in a sense, was uh, proving that there is a market for this and probably there I'm sure have been other digital collectibles prior to CryptoKitties. Do you want to tell us, I mean, if you want uh, some of those other prior generation and as you said, what differentiated those was the ease through which you could trade and link them to a token on the Ethereum blockchain and which subsequently enables the ability to prove that the assets are original. Uh, because they're tied to the blockchain. So do you want to, do you, do you, I don't know, we can, if you want, we can go into some of the history of the digital collectibles, if you think that's worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I definitely say the, the most successful digital collectibles up until this date are probably going to be things like CryptoKitties, Ethermon, EtherGoo. I think CryptoCities is up there in the top 10. There's a few other up-and-coming ones, but they're all based around Ethereum and distributed ledger gaming, not necessarily licenses. Lately, I think the the biggest and most beneficial thing to come into the digital collectible space is a lot of these marketplaces that are opening up, like Decentraland, like OpenSea, like RareBits, which are creating an exchange platform for people to go and actually trade and speculate on their digital collectibles and whatnot. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. So we covered uh, CryptoKitties. Now, can you tell me what the unique characteristics are of the e-commy digital ecosystem for digital collectible assets and how they're how it's different than the ecosystem for, let's say, some of the other platforms that you mentioned? Cool, cool. I think the biggest thing for a Comey Collect is the actual interaction. So there's a, like I mentioned before, there's a handful of uh, exchange platforms now. There's also a handful of digital collectibles available. What we want to do is marry those two together, but also bring in the augmented reality side of things. So creating a way for people to interact with their characters and their collectibles and their artwork, whether it be just on their phone through augmented reality or via an application which displays their artwork on rotation on their TV or digital photo frame, whatever it might be, the Akomi platform and the Akomi Collect platform is focused more so on the interaction with those collectibles. So, you know, the gamification, the display, taking selfies with your collectibles, interacting with other collectors. One of the unique things about the Akomi Collect platform is the Akomi Collector 
the, sorry, I should say the Komi Master Collector, which gives you the ability to stake a small amount of OMI tokens and earn rewards like airdropped NFTs. You can have access to limited edition secure wallets. There's also a few other things that um, we'll be able to talk about at a later time when it comes to uh, features and whatnot. But the biggest thing for the Komi Collect platform, I'd say, would probably be the augmented reality interaction with the digital collectibles and also the fact that there are licensed brands that will be issuing on through their platform. So will it only be licensed brands that are, that are going to be issued on the platform or will any will it be an open platform where anyone will be able to post digital collectibles? Uh, to get started, it'll only be licensed brands. We've got a lot to announce over the next 12 months, so I think they'll probably keep our hands full enough. But in saying that, the Master Collector, which I just mentioned before, also be involved in a lot of arbitration and consensus when it comes to the submissions of user-created uh, content. So it's something that we're definitely wanting to open up to uh, artists and content creators later on. But for the short term, the foreseeable future, the next six to 12 months, we're focusing 100% on all the licenses that we have lined up. So we talked about the Ecomi, Ecomi wallet. Unique characteristic of the Ecomi wallet, which is that it's Bluetooth. So the Ecomi wallet is a hardware wallet, and it's similar to other hardware wallets out there. There's like Trezor, Ledger, a few other brands that have cold storage wallets, which a user can connect to their computer and store their cryptocurrency or digital collectibles offline in a more secure fashion. And then when they're ready to sell them or trade them, they can connect them to their computer and bring them into the ecosystem. But one of the inconveniences or one of the difficulties with this kind of system is that you have to connect it via a USB cable. So as far as I know, all of the wallets right now have a USB cable that you have to connect them to your computer with. But the Ecomi wallet is uh, Bluetooth. So can you tell us a little bit about the how that interface works and what the requirements are relating to the wallet? Yeah, sure. So yeah, you are right. It is indeed Bluetooth. It is still extremely secure, though. It, the secure element uh, still adopts an NXP Smart MX secure element, which includes a few features like CCLA5+, security accreditation. The charge cycle for the card still remains quite high. There's a less than 1% failure rate. The Sorry, I've hit a wall here. I don't. I might need to answer, start that answer to the question again. So you want to know more about the Bluetooth side of things or how the card actually works? Yeah, so it's Bluetooth and it's secure. Yeah. And it has a rechargeable battery. So how is the battery recharged? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yep, all right. So let me start again. Uh, yes, indeed, it, we do have a few secure elements that uh, support the Bluetooth side of things. So the card itself is CCELA 5 Plus certified which is the highest government standard. At the same time, being Bluetooth, the charging occurs through a USB device, but the USB device doesn't actually have any physical connection to the data stored on the device. So it's the card, I wish I had a, a way to show you what it looks like, has two um, charging panels on the front of it. And as it slides into the device, those two charging panels pick up the contact and begin charging the device, but it isn't connected via USB at all. It's always Bluetooth. In the event that 
there. So where, how, how does this uh, wallet compare in terms of feature set to some of the other wallets on the market? So why is it better than the other wallets? Okay, cool. Yes. So to start, I mean, I think the strongest selling point would be the fact that it is never physically connected to another device. So the Bluetooth helps facilitate that. But outside of the standard storage of your cryptocurrency, what we're focusing a lot more on with the secure wallet is supporting dApps. So creating a second factor of authentication for all the dApps that are being created. So one of the dApps being a Comey Collect but also supporting other dApps, which typically would have you access the specific decentralized application via Web3 browser, we can add an additional step of security by signing the transaction through the card. So with that in mind, we're able to actually partner up with a lot of up-and-coming dApps that are looking to add an extra layer of security to the information being processed and also allow them to, one, store the cryptocurrency that might be associated with the dApp, on, the, on our secure wallet, but also to add an extra layer of security for all their community and users. So I feel that outside of being able to work directly with other applications that utilize blockchain, the fact that it is credit card sized and has a handful of unique abilities within utilizing other blockchain technology. Tell me about the application. So. There's an Android application, an iOS application, and then there's also, is there going to be a web application also that users can purchase uh, digital collectibles with? And it'll be a a Web 3.0 enabled application where people can just click to purchase with Ethereum and then the, the, uh, the ERC tokens are sent to their wallet and they're tied to the the application. So how, how does that all uh, fit together? So we are indeed building three different applications. So one for Android, one for iOS, and then another one for Google Chrome. So the Chrome plugin itself will just allow you to interact with the card and the content on the on the hardware wallet. The two applications that will be for mobile are designed to also allow you to interact with the cryptocurrency, but also the digital collectibles and the augmented reality side of things. One thing that I don't think we've touched on yet throughout the podcast has actually been the product which is also supporting supported within the secure wallet, which is the Akomi Vault. So the Akomi Vault utilizes the same method of using the smart using private keys, smart contracts, and distributed data storage to create a nice bundled application and user experience to store other data outside of cryptocurrency and digital collectibles such as your credit card details, usernames, passwords, addresses and whatnot. And that all ties in with a form filling application. So throughout the use of the browser application or the mobile applications, the Ecomi Vault will allow you to auto-populate uh, data such as usernames and whatnot through pressing a the confirmation button on the hardware wallet, which will then obviously sign the transaction, retrieve the data and display it and form fill it for you. So that that is one of the functions within the secure wallet and the applications, which I don't think we've touched on much throughout the conversation. But outside of that, the main interactions are going to be with the Comey Collect characters, the exchanges and the digital currencies stored on your secure wallet. So a key advantage of uh, crypto collectibles is that each collectible is a uniquely generated asset and cannot be duplicated. Each digital asset is recorded on the blockchain 
which is impossible to manipulate, and ties ownership directly to the verified owner. So that's can be complicated to understand. So can you uh, explain in further detail how that process works? Cool, sure. Okay, so the easiest way to understand what's going on when it comes to issuing a asset on a distributed blockchain is to use an artist, for example. So right now, an artist would typically paint an artwork, put it up on a wall or sell it. What we can do with the Akomi Collect platform is allow an artist to create a digital artwork or upload a copy of the artwork they've painted and then select how many copies they want to be created. So let's use two, for example. And then with the Akomi Collect platform, that artist will also be able to have a inbuilt exchange fee, which would be negotiated directly with Akomi. And that would allow the artist uh, to basically set the limited number of copies, how much they would like to make when each time it exchanges hands. And from there, they can issue their artwork on the Akomi Collect platform, have knowledge knowing that there's only two of them ever available and they're going to make 1% of the exchange of the total sale price every time it exchanges hands. Now, before distributed ledgers and blockchain were around, there was no way to actually say that there's only two of these available and this is who's owned them and this is how long they owned it for and this is what they paid for it. This is who has it now, whereas now we can do all of that. Yeah, I mean, when you think about a photograph, for example, let's let's just take like a JPEG. You can easily copy that as many times as you want and make duplicates of it. And all of those duplicates are equivalent to each other. So there's no way to differentiate one JPEG from another JPEG once you've copied it. But what the blockchain, and you know, as you stated, cryptocurrency, the blockchain lets you do is tie one of those uh, JPEGs to a unique how would you describe it? Like a unique code or like a unique hash and issue a token which represents that specific item. Is that a good description of the process? Yeah, that's correct. So then you're issued with a non-fungible token. And from there, it's the same as treated the same way as ERC20 token, for example. Uh, that specific NFT can be transferred from wallet to wallet, you won't be able to obviously interact with the JPEG side of things and the digital collectible side of things, but it is provided that it's on the, it is an ERC721 interoperable across all different wallets most of the time. And when you bring it to a platform like Okomi Collect, for example, we are going to be able to add an extra layer of augmented reality to those digital collectibles. So allowing you to view them on your desk or whatever it might be. So in your application, a user will have a library of digital collectibles that they own and they would send a user would send the ERC721 tokens to the application. And once they do that, then it's populated with the uh, digital collectible asset. And once it's in their library in the application, they can view it and they can in, in, the, in the case of the uh, you know, the AR, they can, you know, have it on their desk, mm -hmm. for example. That's correct. And then once augmented reality becomes a part of everyone's daily life and you're waking up in the morning and popping on a set of glasses, which might have a small overhead display or your heart rate or your sleep for the previous night, which is inevitably going to happen, you might walk out into your lounge room and on your wall there, 
might be your unique Ron English artwork, which you bought, and know that there's only four of them ever going to be available. Yeah, so there's the augmented reality component, which is also going to be an interesting feature of the application, which will add value. So as you mentioned, one day when more people have AR, VR interfaces, what will that world look like? And how do you foresee that looking? And so you you mentioned that they could have an AR headset on and look in their room and they could see that there's a painting hanging that is the first version of a uh, painting created by an artist. So how do you see that type of ecosystem developing and what will that ultimately look like? Yeah, so in the collectible, being in collectible business for 21 years, I started in trading cards, telephone cards. Over the years, collectible has always been something reminds us not just for the for the fact of speculation, but it's a social aspect. So over the years, collectible has evolved, evolved from, you know, your stamp coins, trading cards into your digital games. Now people buying special weapons, clothing in their digital characters, and now evolving into something that's more physical to one another. So as we see evolve collectible, I think it will just change to another medium and eventually it will be around us in our daily lives because a lot of time that we live with our cell phone with us, digitally we work off a lot of things on our cell phone these days. So as all these other things socially around us will change into digital. And one of the major things that I see e-commy or blockchain technology as available, it's not just solving a technical problem, but it's solving a social problem. Basically, gives us right now a new promise of a secure economy, uh, where solve problem, where trust and verification is part of the solution. And basically, that's what Ecomi is bringing out. And going into the collectible, like you say, it, it will just evolve with us in every day. Some people might not see is augmented reality or digital collectible as collectible. They just want to have it around them. The reason why we call it collectible is that there will be continuous push and series that Ecomi will be bringing out to make you want to collect more and to filter, to make your showroom look better. And the augmented is only one side of thing. I can imagine in the coming years that Virtual reality, holographic, will be part of our day-to-day life, and that's as technology evolves, that Ecomi will always uh, will also catch up into those technologies. Yeah, tell us uh, what do you think that market sizes in terms of like the potential for uh, sales in this digital collectible, AR, VR, or online realm? I mean. It's current. It's currently in the billions or hundreds of millions of dollars at in the as it currently is, right? Yeah, the last stats that we had looked. I mean, obviously, it's quite hard to quantify these uh, numbers, but uh, speculation on the internet is uh, upwards of two hundred billion a year. I mean, I, I personally think everything is collectible and unique in a different way, depending how how you treat it. I mean. 
you know, one one thing that your granddad or your parent collect might not be collectible for you because you don't see any sentimental value. But something in the new mammalian age where people collecting stickers, collecting digital weapons, they see that as collectible. So as it evolved, I think the market spectrum has just got much, much bigger than just uh, your traditional trading cards or coin stamps. Now moving into the gaming aspect of it, there, there will be more and more. I mean, you recently seen a lot of these huge multinational media company conglomerate doing mergers, acquisition of each other. And many of the reason is because the content of the intellectual property. And one of the major indications is that they see these IP have huge value in aftermarket. And basically, that's actually moving into collectibles, either physical product or digital. What I see and what Ecomi sees is that you might have all the cool collectibles out there, um, like CryptoKitty or robots. One of the major things is in collecting, it's about security. Because imagine you're owning tens of thousands of dollars worth of these digital collectible and you get hacked. And that's one of the aspects of what we have is that we are making manufacturing a hardware to store your collectible securely by simply if you lose your card or your phone, you can purchase another card and you can quickly use the C word to recover and basically recover all your collections back in. So it's going back to traditional when you collect stamps or trading card. You Once you have it, you want to collect it as a set, you put it in a trading card album, put the cards in the sleeve, and you can put it in a secure case and store it away somewhere and bring it out whenever you want to. And basically, Comey allows you to do that but through a digital form. And the augmented reality is just like a bonus aspect that you can see your showroom and augment it out from your phone to a car, basically. Yeah, there's also this, similarly to having digital collectibles, there's also this movement of moving physical collectible items onto the blockchain. So this is not related to your project directly, but it just is an example of how more things are moving into the digital space. And there's like a digitization of physical items that are of value and transferring ownership of of those physical items onto the blockchain. So there are a number of projects that are working on tokenizing physical assets and then making them tradable in the digital space and ensuring that those tokens represent the ownership of the underlying physical asset. So this is a similar only in the sense that both are changing ownership of assets, but one of them being physical assets and the other being digital assets. So I think it, it goes to just something that, as you mentioned, people are very interested in doing and have been doing for a very long time and will continue to do so. And as more of our lives go online, that same drive that people have to collect and trade and sell collectible items in the real world will you know, transfer also to the digital space. Yeah. Definitely, because the main thing is it solves the problem where trust and verification can become a solution and traceability and ownership is always constantly a big thing in, in, in the world as we move towards in different mediums of digitalization.
So some of the prices that digital collectibles have sold for on the market have been very high and some of them are lower. Will your platform have be a place where people can not only purchase directly from the artists or licensor of the application, but also trade amongst themselves with the digital assets? Yeah, we will have a marketplace. We we are hoping to, number one, to reach out to open the market a bit more realistic. So most likely our collectible will be trading around the 9 to $10 US mark to start with. And obviously there will be different rarities at, of certain collectibles that we bring out or special characters for different seasons. And every series that amounts uh, what we release, we will be putting rarity in them. So there will be your normal common characters and move into your uncommons and more your rare and secret rares and our platform that you will be easily able to trade and put things up for sale. And you do answer something. We are going to have other things that allows other NFT to be traded on our platform as well. Can you comment on some of those other things? For example, we are working with CryptoKitty. Obviously, is they got over, I think, 300,000 plus cats out there. There will be people looking to store these uh, collectible cats that they own offline. So we will have the ability for those collectors who wish to keep it. And we will also work, as we mentioned earlier, that we are working with our other platform provider as well. So apart from just trading on ours, we're working with other platform. Basically, the idea is to build the whole ecosystem it's no good if only we can trade our own collectibles on our platform. It doesn't help to build that whole entire industry and category. There's, for example, imagine you own a baseball car and you walk into a store and the store owner go, well, I can't take that baseball car because it's not printed by this X amount company. The idea is that the industry as a whole needs to foster the client, the collectability and to be out there seeing that it is an open market, basically, uh, to make things trade more freely. And so that ties into how Ecomi will be generating revenue and their revenue model for the platform. So there will be a few different streams of revenue for the platform. So first, there's a service subscription model, which is tied to the vault. So for users to use the vault, they'll need to sign up and that will be a subscription-based service. And then there's also the revenue sharing relationships with the license owners. So so there will be a license sharing with the Tokidoki and other of the uh, partners. And then there's going to be the trading fees. So do you want to briefly talk about those three different revenue models? Yeah. So number one, when we release a key release, we'll have a, we'll select a drop, drop date. Obviously, our partners or licensors will support us on initiative and marketing. Once the product is dropped, you get to purchase everything at the release date price, which is basically what feature on our app or our store. And basically, then secondly, when you start trading amongst each other, we will be collecting a network fee to keep the ecosystem going and basically somehow same as the minus fee. And then there will be, depending if you decide to buy and sell between peer to peer, that will be also covered inside that network fee going forward. 
we will not be controlling the secondary market pricing as you have, as we respect basically any collector out there. They can wish to sell something for a higher price than what they purchase for. And also, the other thing that we have is the hardware selling price. So, if you wish to keep all your collectibles in a car, basically, and the ease of doing having OMI tokens, which is the underlay of Ecomi token, have it on hand. You can have one of our secure car to transact that purchase faster. So we didn't talk about the card, which you were just mentioning, is tied into the to the vault. So the card is basically a way that you can purchase physical goods in the real world using fiat currencies. Is it a Visa card or what? what is the payment processor that's tied to it? We are working with a few different options right now and we're investigating. This is a product, um, the Ecomi One's a product that we are looking to put, uh, bring out in the 2019. Our research and development already have started. Currently, the only things that we're facing issue with is the regulations between country. As you probably have heard and seen a lot of these debit card company who does via crypto, in some part they have run into trouble and not because things are legal or anything. Mainly it's because jurisdiction with the anti-money laundry law prevent some of these operators operate globally. So Ecomi is uh, right now investigating which territory that we want to launch the car first. Well, we do have a couple of options. Uh, one is to work with local banking systems, basically issuing the car through secure banking with um, access to payment service providers. And we are looking one in Asia. Obviously, that's going to cover Japan, Hong Kong, the greater Asia. And we're looking one in the US and one also in Europe. Basically, that will cover the territory where we need to be at. Currently, the law and the anti-money laundry in each country and car issuing provider are not very clear. So we're just waiting for that clarification to come out a bit more. The other way we could look at doing is because our secure wallet currently allow us to verify an aesthetic number into it. So basically, it can be used through our NFT. So we'll, we can provide a product similar to what a lot of the users already have, such as Apple Pay, Pay through our application, a type of function. The current state of development is that you guys have developed the research and development, you've set up the corporate structure for the company, and you've begun to partner with other companies in the space to license their products. So what is going to be the next stage? So you have the token sale coming up uh, starting on June 30th, which is in 12 days from the time of recording this. What are the other big milestones that are coming up? So we've got a couple of cool things happening in the next couple of weeks. One of them would be announcing another digital collectible license. So that should happen in the next two weeks. From there, we're looking to also continue to work on the Ecomi Collect. We're looking to have the Collect MVP out by the end of Q3. 
So we've got a couple of exciting licenses that are waiting on the release of the Akomi Collect MVP to start issuing these digital collectibles. Dave did also mention a little bit earlier on that a lot of the research and development for the Akomi one is well underway, and we're looking to have that product out in early 2019. The secure wallet is already finished. Everything is done for the that side of things with the hardware wallet. Those secure wallets will be sent out to any crowd sale participant that spends $500 roughly two to four weeks after the crowd sale is finished. And outside of that, there's a lot of other things that we're working on in the background. But yeah, the biggest things coming up would be the crowd sale, shipping out those secure wallets, getting out the Akomi Collect so we can start selling digital collectibles and have people interacting with the application. Yeah. So the, did you mention when the launch of the, of the uh, market will be? Did you say the Q3 2018 approximately? Yeah. We're, we're on track for the end of Q3, start of Q4 this year. And so when a user receives their, is let's say a user participates in the ICO or afterwards decides to purchase the token, the uh, OMI tokens, how will the tokens be used within the ecosystem? Oh, great question. So we have a couple of cool, unique models. One being staking. So for the Akomi Vault, for example, uh, you did mention before that it can potentially be used as a software as a service, just like one password and Dashlane. But we're also going to have the ability to stake a certain amount of tokens to receive access to the Akomi Vault for free. So that same staking model is going to be used within the Akomi Collect and will allow us to produce master collectors. So the master collectors will be a group of collectors who have staked a certain amount of tokens and will be rated on how long those tokens are staked for and what percentage of the circulating supply is staked. And that will allow us to build a pool of master collectors. Now, the master collectors are going to be assisting with the arbitration and consensus when it comes to the issuance of digital collectibles on a user's side and also the rental side of things. But also at the same time, being a master collector allows you to have access to a certain percentage of each release we do that which we will be airdropping for free. So say, for example, uh, you've got your uncommon, common, rare, ultra rare collectibles. We might take a certain percentage of the rare collectibles with a specific license and just airdrop them to the master collectors. So there is a way to also have access to digital collectibles without having to actually go and purchase them, but instead utilizing the master collector status. So that same master collector status will have a lot of gamification around it. We'll be using the foam location protocol to interact with other physical stores and run cross promotions around their releases of their physical collectibles and whatnot. So we, yeah, I hope that sort of covers it. Yeah, could you, has this amount been set that a user will need to stake in order to become a master collector? I know that's something we're still working on. We're scoping out the master collector currently and working on the smart contract for the Akomi Collect, but it will be based around something that's easily achievable for everyone. And what will the arbitration process and function be for? How, how will that fit in? Good question. Um, so it'd be around the rental of digital collectibles. So once we start issuing artwork and whatnot and 
thinking forward to where people actually utilize digital photo frames and their TVs to view and store and interact with any digital content they might own or digital collectibles, uh, people will have the opportunity to rent out unique artworks. And if for some reason there's a problem between the process or something's happened, instead of Ecomi having to manage the confrontation or the arbitration between the users, uh, the user, the master collector would be part of that process. Uh, I think we covered pretty much everything. I think we did a good overview of all of the different aspects of the platform and uh, all the features, all the applications, uh, everything. Appreciate you guys taking the time to sit down and uh, discuss the product. And we'd love to hear what you guys are working on. Uh, and we're excited about the release and the MVP. And we also wish you the best of luck in the uh, upcoming crowd sale that you guys have coming up in very soon. We also have the bounty campaign that you guys are running, which is doing very well. A number of users are participating in it. And um, if there's anything else that we can do to help you guys, you know, we'd love to uh, support you in any way that we can through our social media channels. We'll be posting this live on our various channels on our blog. And, you know, you guys are welcome to uh, spread this out to your community. Great. Thanks for having us, Angela. Thanks. Yeah. So my guest on the show today has been Joseph Janik and David Yu, CIO and CEO, respectively, of eCallMe. Thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure having you on the podcast today, and we look forward to following your project. And we'd love to have you on the podcast again in the future to discuss further developments as your platform progresses. All right. Thanks again. Bye, Angela. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bounty Zero X podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast below. Check out BountyZeroX.io, the number one bounty hunting platform where you can complete work and earn cryptocurrency. Please consult your professional financial investment and tax advisors before making any investment in initial coin offerings. Bounty Zero X does not provide investment or financial advice and does not endorse or recommend investment in any ICOs advertised on the Bounty Zero X podcast or website.